0: Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I speak with future saints about being saints. Today's podcast is titled Praying with St. Augustine. I have with me Sarah McLaughlin. Today we're, as I said, we're talking about Praying with St. Augustine. And before we get going, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. Firstly, the Catholic Company. They are a one-stop shop for all your Catholic needs, from rosaries to books to clothing. The Catholic Company has it all. Use code SAINTS for 20% off your order. That's code SAINTS for 20% off your order. S-A-I-N-T-S. Secondarily, I want to shout out Our other sponsor, which is Good Catholic. Good Catholic is a digital multimedia brand that is focused on sharing the faith in little bite-sized videos. So check them out. And if you decide you want to purchase one of their 30 plus digital series, you can use code GBS. That's GBS, gotta be saints, GBS, and that will get you 20% off your order. But today, as I said, we're talking about praying with St. Augustine, and Sarah, I want to let you just introduce yourself, and then uh, we can go from there.
1: Okay. Well, I taught English at Texas Tech University for 34 years and then retired, and I've always been a Catholic writer. Um, I kind of like to see myself as a Christian apologist, and I've always been drawn to Christian apologists, and of course, the the leader of the pack is St. Augustine. He's the most Powerful, influential saint in terms of church fathers that ever lived. And um, so I'm retired. I live in Wisconsin. But now I can just write and uh, promote the Lord.
0: <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Of course, today we're, we're talking about St. Augustine. So you're, you're now able to focus more on writing. Um, and of course, this includes the book that you have uh, recently written. Written, uh, which is titled "Praying with Saint Augustine," correct?
1: Yes, that's right. It came out today.
0: Oh well, congratulations! Wonderful. Well, thank you. Um, well, let let's let's dive into that. So, firstly, can you just give our listeners a little backstory on Saint Augustine?
1: Sure. Um, Saint Augustine uh, was born in three fifty four, so the fourth century in northern Africa, and um, he was always brilliant. His parents sent him to school. He was educated well. Um, He was not a Christian. His mother always prayed for him. He was really pretty wild in his youth, but he was inspired by wisdom and the search for wisdom. When he read Cicero, he really loved it. And he fell in with um, a cult called the Manichees. They believed in kind of rival gods of good and evil, and all this time, St. Monica was patiently in the background praying and crying and just begging God for his salvation because he, he had a mistress, he had a child out of wedlock. He was, he was kind of the wild child. But um, after he taught rhetoric for a while in Milan, he was influenced to become a Catholic partly by the intellectual sermons of St. Ambrose. And in 386, he had a profound conversion moment where he heard some kids talking or or playing out in the garden, and they were saying in Latin, tole lege, which means pick up and read. And he knew it was the Lord speaking to him, and he also knew what he was supposed to pick up was a Bible. And he turned to Romans 13, 14, and the end part of that verse is, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the desires of the flesh. And he knew he needed to be set free from the bondage of sin. So he says that it was like a dart of divine love entered his heart. And it was as though the light of confidence flooded into my heart and all the darkness of doubt was dispelled. And he was baptized by St. Ambrose in 387. And pretty soon after, he became a priest and then a bishop and spent his whole life uh, defending the Lord.
0: Oh it's so beautiful and and I think uh he is arguably one of the most beloved saints, um which I'm sure you're included in the many people who love him um is there for you before we get diving into this book, is there a reason that you've been drawn to him
1: it's It's really odd in high school for some reason, I went to a college bookstore and Saw the book, *The City of God*, and I was so uh, smitten by the title. And uh, that was my first, uh, you know, introduction to him, because I grew up as a Protestant. I read that book, *City of God*, which is an odd one to read first because it's it's not an easy book to read, but it's so brilliant. And um from there on, I just he, I just his name kept crossing my path. I read the Confessions. I found out how much he influenced C.S. Lewis and a lot of my. I did my master's thesis on the Augustinian influence in C.S. Lewis's fiction. And so it just seemed like everywhere I turned, St. Augustine was the influence behind um, these apologists. And so that's kind of how I initially became interested. And then I went to a Catholic retreat one time. And the nuns, it was a silent retreat, but the nuns would read prayers during the chapel service. And they were eloquent. So I asked one of the sisters afterwards, um, Whose prayers are those? I didn't recognize them. And she said, well, they're attributed to St. Augustine. So I thought, oh, okay, cool. When I get home, I'm going to order Prayers of St. Augustine. And I was shocked to find out there had been a few books like that in the past, but there was nothing in print currently. And so I just felt like the Lord really called me, like, that was my next project to put a book together, The Prayers of St. Augustine, because they're not well known, and you have to really do digging through his works to find them. So that's kind of how that came about
0: yeah and so here we are today, you know to for this won't be released on um May sixteenth but it will be released very soon after, but you've just released your book so and it's and its main focus is on his prayers can you can you tell me and and the listeners at home just a little bit about this book,
1: sure. Um, There are 113 prayers, and I divided it thematically, so you don't have to have any previous knowledge of St. Augustine at all to really get a lot out of this book. I have a brief introduction to let people kind of know a little bit about him and his his philosophy of prayer, his theology. And then um, the sections, the prayers are divided into prayers of praise, prayers revealing God's attributes, prayers adoring the incarnate Christ. Prayers for forgiveness and salvation and last prayers of petition. And uh, Peter Kress wrote the forward. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but
0: quite yeah a few yeah he's, he's at Boston College, correct?
1: And I know he's a terrific guy. I was fortunate to meet him many years ago at a conference and I asked him if he would write the forward and he did. and he's got such a witty sense of humor. He says there should be a warning label attached to this book. Use of these prayers, especially in a personal way, without the safety net of scholarly distance, may result in unforeseen consequences.
0: The publisher (laughs) is not
1: responsible for these consequences. God is. So I I really do think this book is so it's it's like having a personal diary or prayer book written by St. Augustine. And I mean, what more could help you become a saint than to walk in his footsteps?
0: Oh certainly and, and how many of us myself included you know we we need at times assistance in our in our prayer journey, and I think you know there's there's such value in being able to just go before the blessed sacrament or in adoration or you know even just your prayer corner in your house and sit with the Lord, but at the same time, why not draw on the many you know thoughts and and revelations that saints before us have have come to to see and been taught and of course uh saint augustine is such a great example of that i mean his life uh is beautiful in the different journeys and ebbs and flows that he uh, was taken on but of course you know so many of his quotes are are also little prayers that we reflect on uh, even to this day you know our hearts are restless until they rest in you and and you know you could probably go on and on um about those is is there a prayer in this book that you kind of look at as his masterpiece or or maybe just the prayer that has hit you uh the most
1: you know uh, the one one of the ones i love may not be really hit other people but i will read it to you it's one of my favorites and that is i've got so many here um Well, I'll tell you, though, first in answer to question one that's probably well known that people might love the most is too late. Did I love you? O fairness, so ancient and yet so new. Too late. Did I love you for behold? You were within and I without and there did I seek you. I unlovely rushed heedlessly among the things of beauty you made. You were with me, but I was not with you. Those things kept me far from you, which unless they were in you or not. You called and cried aloud and forced open my deafness. You gleamed and shined and chased away my blindness. You exhaled sweet perfumes, and I drew in my breath and panted after you. I tasted and hungered and thirst. you touched me, and I burned for your peace and that's from the confessions, but that that is a beautiful one
0: yeah I'm, i' I you can't see me, but I have uh, started to tear up a little bit. I mean, it's just one of those prayers that I've heard before. And yet hearing it again, um, it's just, it's so beautiful. And I think so many people, of course, love that prayer too, because they can relate to it. They look at their own life and they say, oh Lord, if only I had given myself over to you before. And yet St. Augustine such a great example of someone who might have felt that way and lamented, and yet God... Uh, very clearly says to him, Look, I can still use you today. And, yeah, it's and so not too. too yeah, it's not too late. And so too is the response that he gives to each and every one of us. If we feel like we are um at a point where we just we have we've missed the mark in so many ways, he, he's responding with love to us saying, it's it's okay. You still have time. I can still use you and I still want to. Um but you said that was one of the prayers that many people know but uh, feel free to share the the one that uh, has struck okay. you the most.
1: This one, uh, I think I have to say as a head note, I am so amazed by his grasp of the paradoxes of the faith that Jesus, I mean, the Trinity is a paradox. How can there be three in one? And he really wrestled with that, but he had such tremendous insight. But this is uh, one of the prayers I love. Oh, manifest infirmity, oh, miraculous humility in whom the whole divinity lay hidden thus. The mother to whom his infancy was subject, he was ruling with his power, and she at whose breast he was nursing, he was feeding with his truth. May he Mm -hmm. who did not despise to take on even our first beginnings perfect his gifts in us, and may he who for our sake wished to be made the Son of Man make us sons of God. And that's from one of his sermons.
0: Isn't that powerful? It's beautiful. Well, I, especially as we hear our our recording in the month of May, I'm drawn to the statement about the mother, you know, just talking about the, the realities of who she is and yet who he is, you know, that he turns to her, he relies on her. And yet he is God. (laughs) Go ahead.
1: It's amazing. One of his other prayers uh, I have kind of, earmarked here about Mary. is a praise one from the section on praise. All honor and praise be to you for his miraculous incarnation and holy nativity, whereby he took flesh of the substance of his blessed mother for us and for our salvation, so that just as he had been before from all eternity, very God of very God, so he might be in time very man of man. I just think that's beautiful.
0: Oh, it's so beautiful. Well, it, so how long did this book take you to write?
1: Well, that's a pretty interesting question. You know, I started this in the 90s, um, old school, looking through hardback copies of the works of the fathers when I taught at, uh, it was actually Texas Tech University, which is in Lubbock, and they have a fantastic library. So I thumb through books and read and read and read and read many of his soliloquies and meditations and some of the things that a lot of people might not read tractates on the gospel of John uh, exposition on the book of Psalms. And of course the confessions. And um, so I started back then in response to that retreat and um, you know, just worked on it on and off. Uh, I tried to get it published a long time ago and uh, had a few nibbles, but they fell through. So I really think this was God's timing because now fast forward Everything's online and you can find, I found many more that I had not found previously. So this has been a real labor of love.
0: Oh, it's beautiful. Well, so now that you've spent so many years, um, is there something that you learned or I'm sure you've learned multiple things, but what is the thing that has struck you the most as you've been able to spend this time, not only with his prayers, but with the saint himself?
1: Well, what's fascinating about him is he was just beyond brilliant. I mean, he could write things that are very, very difficult to understand. I mean, they're dense theology and philosophy. But then at the same time, being a bishop, he could preach. When you read his sermons, he was preaching to crowds of all kinds of people. And he could speak in such a clear manner and make concepts so plain that anybody could understand. I mean, that just takes... That's clearly the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but that just shows the range of ability. And also, um, I found out he wrote more than five million words. So I have to tell you a funny story. I was presenting a paper on St. Augustine once, once at a Catholic university, and I looked on the walls and saw these scholars, these Augustinian scholars, and met before or um, I even spoke I met a priest who was an Augustinian scholar, and, and he said to me, oh, you're an Augustinian scholar, and I was just you know horrified. I was in my 20s. I said, no, no, no. I, I said, I don't really know that much about a St. Augustine. I only know what I've read, and he replied, well, I don't know anyone who's actually met him, and that made me put me at ease because there's so much. I don't know if you could ever even read it all.
0: Yeah, wow. That is a <laughs> an insane amount of writing. Um, it
1: is. And, and that it's been preserved is another work of the Holy Spirit, because the more I read, I find out that uh, so much of his work was kept. And, you know, I mean, given the turmoil of uh, the times he grew up in, people would burn the whole village and city and so forth. Somehow, miraculously, a lot of his work, I mean, this much of it has been retained for us, which is wonderful.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. Are are there any elements of his, his life that now you've drawn on and made a part of your own spirituality? Interested in learning more about your faith? I invite you to check out Good Catholic. They are a digital media brand focused on sharing and teaching about the faith. From podcasts to blogs to digital series, Good Catholic has it all. Use the code in the show notes to get 20% off your order at Good Catholic.
1: I suppose I just have to say, again, looking at the prayers, that um, it, it occurred to me that we probably don't pray enough just prayers of pure praise or pure thanksgiving. That's one thing that I have um, kind of gleaned from him or I would say copied thanks to him. And it was fun because I don't think there are any coincidences. And the other day I was reading a book called Ave Maria that was an interview with Pope Francis. And he says in there, quote, Mary praises God while we Christians so often forget the prayer of praise and the prayer of adoration. (laughs) And I thought, oh my gosh, that's fantastic because I think that's one of the major ways St. Augustine um, has influenced my own prayer life.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, it is, tr- it's so true. You know, the the need to to be thankful and to praise Jesus for what he's given us is something that can so easily be forgotten and yet is so necessary. Um, and if we live with hearts of gratitude, uh, we're all the, the better for it. Um, for those who are listening to this and, and, you know, are are considering this book, if you had to make a, you know, a final pitch to them, uh, not so much for yourself, but for, right, I'm sure that if this is a labor of love, you've written this book, not for what you're going to get out of it, but for knowing that this is a necessity for people to, to consume, uh, what would you say to those people who are just, you know, teetering between, oh, maybe I should get this, maybe I shouldn't?
1: Well, I think that anyone who's exploring faith and prayer, a lot of people want to pray, but they're just not sure what to say, and uh, they're curious. I think anybody who's curious about maybe models of prayer or wants to add some variety to their prayer life or strengthen their own faith uh, would really benefit from it. I think they'll be surprised and amazed that this man lived in the fourth and fifth century, and since we've modernized the language, where he calls God "you," it sounds like he, you would think he was your neighbor down the street, maybe a priest down the street. And so, I think that um, Catholics, of course, have a special place in their hearts for Saint Augustine. But many other Christians, and I think even non-Christians, would get something out of of his the beauty and the sincerity and the wisdom of his.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, as as Catholics, we focus on truth, goodness and beauty. And um, that's the I I like your point that even non Christians could gain something. It's the same thing. uh, When we think about, you know, visiting Rome or the Vatican, where you can walk into those churches, and you could have no understanding of what is truly present there, you might not understand the Eucharist at all. And yet, you can see the beauty on hand and you can kind of come to see who God is in that, in that uh, moment. And so too, you know, through beautiful words of uh, truth, you know, they have the same ability to penetrate our hearts. And so it sounds like St. Augustine's words uh, have the ability to do just that. And um, if someone were to pick up this book, they would hopefully uh, be inspired in that way. I want to give you a chance Sarah, just for for last thoughts. I know uh to purchase the book, you know, the Catholic Company uh will be selling this book and so if you're interested, you know, that link will certainly be in the the show notes this is through Sophia Press, correct?
1: Yes, yeah, it's Sophia Institute Press, it's, right.
0: Yep. Um but do you have any final thoughts or anything you want to say to to anyone who's who's listening to this?
1: I just want people to know that they don't have to feel like they know anything about St. Augustine. They don't have to feel like, oh, I'm I'm not scholarly. This this won't mean anything to me, because honestly, he is so approachable. There's no prerequisite needed. I wrote this for anyone, anybody that picks up uh, can just start from square one and learn a little bit about him and then just kind of dive into what he wrote and, and probably see some real thought-provoking ideas see God in ways that they probably haven't ever thought
0: of. That's oh, beautiful. Well, I thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast today and, and kind of sharing with uh, the listeners about this book. I want to ask you, I have two gotta be saints questions that I ask every guest. Um, so if, if you'll permit me, the first one is uh, who is on your Mount Rushmore of saints? <laughs>
1: Well, uh, I don't know how many heads I get to put on there, but let's as say many As many see. as you want. Oh, well, okay. I, I'm going to pick five, though. I don't want to hog all the space. I would say St. Augustine, St. <laughs> Monica, who everybody really loves now because even in my own family, I have people that are not Christian, and so she's a she inspires me to continue to pray for them, um, as look what she produced in St. Augustine through God's help. St. Jude... Blessed Virgin Mary and St. Joseph. We've got to have Uh, those five.
0: Yeah, it's a stacked list. (laughs) Um, well, I got one more question for you. God willing one day, Sarah, you're going to be a saint. What do you uh, think you'll be the patron saint of?
1: Well, I, I, um, I'm glad you have that confidence in me. I, I would love to think that I will, but, um, God willing, I would like to be the patron saint of skeptics because uh, C.S. Lewis, like I said, I followed him and he was called the apostle of the skeptics. And um, I, I like to write Christian apologetics. So I would like to be, because those people, I have a lot of uh, admiration for the skeptics and the Downing Thomases. And the Lord seems to send an awful lot of those my way. So I think that's who I might be.
0: Well, that's beautiful because those people, along with everyone else, they need help and we need guidance. And, um, you know, that's the charism that the Lord has given you to be able to reach out to those people. Then I say, praise God. uh, It's so necessary. Um, Well, thank you so much uh, for this. If someone wants to find information on you, where can they go to to follow your works? And um, and of course, like I said, go ahead.
1: Well, I have a blog. Uh, there's a website called Medium, and so my my address on there is www.medium.com slash at sign s-a-r-a dot m-c-l-a-u-g-h-l-i-n, and I have written some pieces on there about uh, misunderstanding Catholicism that are trying to reach out to people that um, kind of have false ideas about Catholicism and also my conversion stories on there called call to be Catholic because I was a convert
0: well I look forward to to reading that myself and I will link that in the show notes so that if anyone wants to um, you know dive deeper into to your writings then they can of course do that and um, I just thank you for taking the time today to talk with me and I hope that our uh listeners gain something from this as you know on the Gotta Be Saints podcast, we're always focused on this calling to be a saint. And I find myself fortunate uh to be talking to future saints about the saints. And so this is uh something I, I, I greatly enjoy and appreciate. So thank you so much for coming on, Sarah. And thank have you. to everyone at home, have a blessed day.
1: Thank you, Brendan. I appreciate it. God bless.
0: God bless. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe and check out goodcatholic.com for more details.